Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you. But first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters topic of the week is what actually is magic? Round three. <laughs> Hi, listeners. I'm Jem, and I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Ria, and we're still talking about what magic is and what it can do. This was supposed to be one episode. We are now in part three. Okay, so last episode. No, we'll do a quick recap. First episode, Jem tried to define what magic is. Would you like to say that definition again? Magic is emotion manifested by will, in brackets, consciously or subconsciously, end brackets, to cause fundamental change to what is natural. In episode two. We took that definition and applied it to human magic, spells, potions, artifacts, dark magic, all that stuff. And we came to the conclusion, I guess, that that definition fits with everything witches and wizards can do. Yes. Okay. Now, in part three, I'm going to do what I promised I would do last episode and look (laughs) at all other magic aside from human and what I'm calling ancient or elemental magic, which is something of a headcanon the two of us have come up with yeah, and referenced in some of our earlier episodes. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, so let's start off with magical creatures. I guess my main question with magical creatures is, do magical creatures have magic? Like witches and wizards have magic? Or can yes. they use magic? Yes, like magic and... is something exists that they can wield. See, I think they have magic, but it's just a different level of magic. Okay, so you think that the magic that magical creatures have is the same emotion manifested by will into power. Yes, yes, but because right. creatures have different emotions to humans, then they have a different manifestation of magic. Okay, all right, so let's talk about magical creatures a bit. So as we know, there are three divisions of magical creatures. There yes. are beings, beasts, and spirits. Yeah. All right. That was off the top of my head. I haven't actually written notes on this part. I think okay. it's... Yeah, I think that's right. All right. So fuck spirits. We're not talking about that again. <laughs> you want to hear about <laughs> spirits, not. go back and listen to How Do Ghosts Work, because I'm never talking about that again. I honestly, there is nothing that can make me more angry about ghosts than being reminded that of that episode. Like, <laughs> I used to be okay with talking about ghosts, and now I'm just like, don't even bring them up around me. I just feel the rage. <laughs> I think that was the first time that I was ever like, 
Harry Potter doesn't make sense and it makes me angry. (laughs) I know that's the premise of our show, but it never made me angry before we got into that episode. (laughs) It was just funny. It was all fun and games until ghosts came into play. (laughs) Yeah, we were just having a great time. Ha ha, my name's Smash Mouth. Ha ha ha, I'm such an idiot. And then we realised it doesn't make sense. Uh, anyway, enough. Enough of ghosts. Okay, so I'll talk about beings, but I want to start with beasts. Yeah. I will admit, I didn't reread Three Fantastic Beasts for this episode. I should have, but I yeah. ran out of time. That's fine. We know the basic gist. But I know the basic gist. There's basically a bunch of beasts. They have, like, mostly, like, an animal level of sentience, but sometimes yeah. a bit more intelligent than your average animal. Sometimes they're a bit more like an ape or a dog or a dolphin, something that's a bit smarter. Yeah. Or a raptor. A raptor. Yes, or a velociraptor from the <laughs> Jurassic Park movies. Well, that's a better example, because they're magical creatures. They do have a bit more intelligence, so they can do things like open doors and hunt people effectively. <laughs> Um, apes can learn Pythagoras theorem, but okay, let's what? go with the dinosaur. God, apes are smart. Yeah. <laughs> so like well, us. Actually, Wait, I can't even learn Pythagoras theorem. <laughs> actually, I don't know if that's true. That's just what my math teacher told me in grade seven. Like, he was like, we're learning Pythagoras theorem. We all freaked out. And he's like, apes can learn this. They've taught this to apes. You guys are going to be fine. <laughs> so... I guess what I kind of assume with magical beasts is that most of them are not wielding magic using spells and potions like witches and wizards do, mm-hmm. but, there's, but there's some kind of magic in the way that they are constructed. So something so, like a hippogriff yeah. shouldn't exist yeah. because it's, how does it, how are its organs working? It doesn't make yeah. any sense. It's something like an, an okami. Something like an okami? Yeah, from Fantastic Beasts. So that's the thing that shrinks, right? It fits to the size of whatever it's contained in. That's just dumb, first of all. And second of all, that's obviously from magic. So it's using magic. Or like a demiguise, where it... Yeah, invisible boy. demiguise turns itself invisible, but it's not casting a spell. It's its fur that makes it invisible, because its fur is used to make invisibility cloaks. Yeah. Okay, so... How does that fit into your definition of magic, then? Well, they're using it either consciously or subconsciously based on their emotions, or rather, maybe based on their instincts, because animals, some like some levels of beast mightn't have as complex a thing as an emotion, but rather animal instinct, or what we could define as animal instinct. So maybe the Demi guys seemed a bit more, I don't know, intelligent in the movie. The Nifla seemed a bit more intelligent in the movie. But... Something like the um, Okami seemed pretty much just like a beast that lived. And so its instinct is to fit into whatever space it can. So it therefore its magic allows it to grow and shrink or whatever it needs to do. A demiguise's instincts are a bit more complex, like, oh, I need to hide or I need to gather food or something like that. So its magical ability is a bit more conscious than an Okami's. All right. Okay, so... Wizards manifest their emotion into power, mm-hmm. but beasts and animals manifest their instincts into power. Yeah, well, emotions and instincts are pretty close together. Emotions are just complex instincts, yeah, well, right? Yeah. Yeah, complex and well-developed instincts. I think it's fair to say that 
humans are generally more developed than animals. Yeah, I'll, yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay. Um. Okay, one of the exceptions that I found to this were fairies. Yes. Fairies apparently have a kind of weak magic which they can use to defend themselves against predators and stuff. Mm. So I don't know what it means by weak magic. I'm guessing not specific spells. I was yeah. thinking more like they can just zap something that's trying to grab them and get away. Like a mosquito? <laughs> yeah, like a, like a magic mosquito, I guess. Fairies are very much more like insects in Harry Potter than yeah. other stories, I guess. When you said weak magic, I imagine basically a fairy just like flailing its arms at someone in like a Mr. Burns sort of attack maneuver, like, <laughs> take that, take that. <laughs> But then producing like a fully powerful Cruciatus <laughs> Cruciatus curse. Jesus. Yeah. That's a scary world. <laughs> yeah, so maybe. You go into the garden and something zaps you with a torture curse. <laughs> oh, man. So maybe, yeah, fairies are more like insects. When you're looking at magical beasts, compare them to beasts in the real world and just take the word magic and replace it with uh, attack. So, <laughs> like. Mm. If their attack systems are more advanced and dangerous, then yes, they're a higher caliber, like, intelligent beast with complex magic. If their attack defenses are like mm-hmm. a spider's where it's like, bite and run away, then that's probably more weaker kind of magic. Yeah. I suppose a demiguise is just basically a fancy chameleon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And a fairy is like a fancy, I don't know, snake, I guess? Something that, like, spits poison at you. That's not what snakes do. <laughs> A blue ring doctor voice. <laughs> a cuttlefish. Yeah. Something, there's some kind of animal that spits poison. It's just escaping me at the moment. Something does that. Maybe this snake. <laughs> I don't know. Toads? Toads excrete venom. poison. Sorry, I mean venom. Venom, not poison. I'm using the wrong word. I don't know. But if you eat a toad, it's poisonous, right? Like a mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> if you eat a toad, it's poisonous. Yeah. But if a snake bites you, it's venomous. venomous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm just, I was misusing the word. Yeah. This is not important. (laughs) Okay, so let's start to move away from beasts and into the realm of beings. Yes. I'm going to start less problematic (laughs) and move up to the most problematic. Okay. I wonder if you can guess what the most problematic thing is. Centaurs? Oh, wait, should I have mentioned dragons? Dragons, what is their magic? Oh. Fire? I'm pretty sure dragons are beasts. Yeah, dragons are beasts. Yeah, they breathe fire and it's... Yeah. They breathe fire, um, they have a natural resistance to magic. Yeah. Um I think that's it. They can fly. They shouldn't be able to fly, they're too big. Their flight has to have something to do with magic, right? Why shouldn't they be able to fly? Okay, so imagine if you put giant wings on a whale. Do you think that could fly? Well a whale's not aerodynamic. Yeah, neither's a dragon. Dragons aren't aerodynamic. Bumblebees. Bumblebees can fly. They're not supposed to be able to fly. It's an impossibility of nature. It's beautiful. Okay. Dragons are the bumblebees of the magical world. I love it. I want that in a t-shirt. I just think... <laughs> <laughs> Things like birds can fly because they have hollow bones. They're very small. Things like bumblebees and hummingbirds and stuff fly because they, um, the way they beat their wings, all that sort of stuff. I just think dragons are huge. They have a lot of weight to them. Mm. They shouldn't be able to physically pull themselves off the ground unless there's some kind of levitation to the way that they move, like levitation magic. Yeah, well, levitation and fire. Cool. 
yeah, that seems like basic dragon powers. Yeah, so that fits in with what we're saying about beasts. I just, I just had to mention dragons. <laughs> Can't move on until I've talked about Good. them. Okay, so moving into moving away from beasts and into beings, what do you think about giants? So giants are said to be not. They're pretty resistant to magic. They're pretty intimidated and or impressed by magic. So it seems like they're not magical. They can't use magic. I think that they they can't use no. magic, and they're naturally resistant to magic. Yeah. So are they a magical creature, or are they just giant? Are they just huge muggles? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think they're huge muggles. That doesn't make any. Wait. <laughs> hmm. Am I just blowing your mind? Shit, they're huge muggles. <laughs> Giants are just big muggles. They're huge muggles. You know, there was, there was a uh, what is it? Neanderthals, Homo erectus, Homo lalidi, and then Homo giantus. <laughs> this is a different kind of <laughs> human. Oh, I was gonna mock you, but actually, getting scientific. <laughs> Maybe. Look at my science facts, which I pull out of thin air. I, <laughs> well, I pulled out of my own arsehole. <laughs> That's definitely not a real science fact. I think this might be completely wrong. I think there is a science theory that there is like a offshoot of humans that is a tiny people. Like there's like a race that's like hobbits. Yeah, they're, they're real. Yeah. The hobbit people, they're Indonesia. They're real people. Real people who are alive today no, or no, an no. extinct species that has... They went extinct, up. but they were real. Yeah, okay. So... Yeah, so why not exactly. giants, I guess? Science. Mmm, <laughs> gotcha good. Why not <laughs> okay, so I guess giants are just big people. So then why don't muggles know well, about they- them? Why do they have to be hidden if they're just big Because people? they're big people, that's why. <laughs> they're big people that when they walk around could just crush muggles in entire villages. So the only people capable of maintaining them or of looking out for them or of controlling them as it is are wizards. Because they have the magical ability to do so. So that's why they're not known about by muggles and classed as magical creatures or beasts or whatever they're classed as. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't quite follow that logic it seems like if they're not a magical creature if there's no magic in their makeup they don't use magic then they're just a muggle thing like we should just live in a world where there are there are humans and then there are also like big boys and that's something that we have to deal well, with. maybe that's how it should be but remember in england or the britain from what we know about there aren't many giants left because they warred with each other and killed each other off maybe it's just a matter of look there aren't many left and they're so huge that, like, it just seems logical that the wizards should be the ones to make sure that they don't destroy muggle towns by accident or on purpose. They're also very unintelligent and very violent. Those seem to be, like, racial characteristics. I don't know if that's, like, a trait of their species or if that's just because they live in the wild and have never had a chance to go to school. Like, Hagrid seems Mm. fine. Like, you know, he's not the brightest guy. But I wouldn't look at Hagrid and be like, oh, you shouldn't really be around no. people. I mean, it's one of those things, like chicken or egg things, like you'll never really be able to know if it's just a product of their species or it's because they've never been given the same opportunities as other species. You said chicken or egg. Did you mean nature or nurture? Yeah. Shit. <laughs> nature or nurture. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It's been a long day, Rhea. So you think that muggles are... Com- not muggles. You think giants are completely non-magical. Yep, I'm, I'm saying it. Sticking to my guns. <laughs> All right. They're big boys. That's bizarre. Okay. I'll, I'll move on, but I might reference right. this again in a minute. My, my next creature is centaurs. Ah, uh, the centaurs. Centaurs. Our centaur yes. friends. Okay. So centaurs have the ability to make yeah. prophecies. We've established last episode that the sight is a magical ability, which potentially all wizards and witches have to a mm-hmm. certain extent. So our cent- do centaurs yeah. have magic? Yes. Here's a good thing. Centaurs have magic. You know how I said that maybe all wizards are seers? That's one theory. Here's my second theory, which I just came up with on the spot again. <laughs> you can keep just Remember how I said, what the fuck ever, I'll just say whatever I want. Remember how I said that men and Morphogai are different species? And that they, integra- and that they integrated Aww. into the wizarding species. Well, what if... No, I, I banished that from my brain because it was too horrible. To what if seers... Are descendant from the products of centaurs and wizards having sexual relations. Penny for your thoughts. <laughs> I hate you for saying that. <laughs> I hate you for putting that in my brain. Pass down like parcel mouth. Okay, Ooh, hang on. <laughs> Let's back up to the beginning of that sentence. What if seers? are the product of centaur and human relationships. That's why they're so rare. First of all, it seems like centaurs should be the product of human and horse relationships. No, don't be silly. That's my first <laughs> point. Oh, no. All right, a human and horse relationship. <laughs> I, I guess yeah, that is silly. It is, because humans and horses are different species. So... <laughs> and they can't have a baby. <laughs> And centaurs and humans no, are not. wizards can have sex with any species they want. <laughs> We've discussed this before. <laughs> Interbreeding in the Harry Potter world is fine. Yes. Have we? The Vila. Have we discussed this before on air? Or is this one of our private Giant and Vila are fine. I don't remember. Giant and Vila are fine. Centaurs are fine. Metamorph guy, if they're a species, question mark, are fine. So I... I don't know if centaurs are fine. Free game. I think giants and Vila are okay. They're pretty much humanoid. Centaurs have horse. <laughs> They're the giant horse dog. That's the truth. Um, we don't know if there's any lady centaurs. Uh, or a horse giant. <laughs> what do you mean we don't notice any lady centaurs? Do you recall any lady centaurs in the books or movies? I do, yes. Do you now? <laughs> Where's the receipts? <laughs> I don't know why. Why am I getting so defensive? Just the implication there wasn't lady centaurs. I'm like, hey, fuck. I would say I'm 93% certain that there are female centaurs in the books and movies. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It's never explicitly stated that the centaurs are entirely male anyway. So, yeah, sure. Okay. First of all, how do the centaurs breed amongst themselves if there's no females? Asexually, I guess. I answer my question. Okay, so you you are suggesting that if a human, let's say <laughs> yep. wizard, 
slept with a female centaur. Their baby would have no (laughs) horse parts. It would be completely human, but would have inherited the gift of prophecy from the centaur parent. Yep, sticking to my guns. They would have the sight, and maybe they would walk heavily with a heavy foot and eat a lot of greens, is what I'm guessing. (laughs) I hate that, and I hate you. Can you prove me wrong? I... Can I prove you wrong? I probably could if I'd done more research... (laughs) Research? Research into centaurs before beginning this episode. Because if I knew where centaurs came from and I knew that there were seers in other parts of the world that were not where centaurs came from... Um, Immigration? Wow, are you racist? But... I haven't done that research. All right. Okay. I, I, I just think, I just disagree. Anyway, <laughs> it's irrelevant. <laughs> centaurs. Yeah. Do centaurs have magic? Is prophecy yes. magic for centaurs? Okay. They don't cast spells, but they do have a human level of intelligence. So they assumably, assumably, they, they would have the same level of, yeah, emotions yeah. as witches and wizards. So why can't they cast spells? Because like it's a different kind of magic. Yes, they have the same capacity. They have the same capacity and, and same intelligence magic- as humans and emotional. And they have the same emotions as humans, but they don't have the same emotions as humans because they're not part of the human world. They've purposely separated themselves from that world. So I think their emotions are distance mm-hmm. and maybe. More complex in certain areas and less complex in other areas. But we don't really know because we don't know everything about centaurs. Yeah, they are very separate. Yeah. So shouldn't they have their own centaur spells then? Well, maybe they do. How do they eat? They have human mouths. Yes, maybe they do. They have human mouths, so maybe they eat How meat. How do they eat? Nothing to say that they just eat plant. Well, if I... <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean, how do they eat? How is that at all relevant to what I was asking you? <laughs> I was suggesting if they eat meat, they might have to build a fire or cast a fire. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. They have bows. Yep. Bows are for hunting. So it would logically assume that they eat meat, right? So they can't just be bows just for defense. I would Or attack. Yeah. I assume they eat meat, therefore they build fires or cast fires. So maybe they have the ability to cast fires, like dragons. Maybe not from their mouths. But you don't need <laughs> magic. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe so. <laughs> Centaurs breathe fire, I guess. Twitch, okay? <laughs> you don't need magic to create a fire. You don't, exactly. You don't need magic. But maybe they do have magic to create a fire. Okay. Uh, enough of the, your words. Time for me to say things. I'm getting distracted trying to talk to you. Okay. Here's my opinion about centaurs. I think they're like giants and they don't have any magic. And I think that all of their prophecy is basically astrology. But they're right. Oh, no, they're vague. You're right. No, they are quite vague. They're very vague. And they just say shit. And I think it's more of a cultural thing rather than a magical thing. 
Okay. I can accept that. I went through a lot of shit from you on my way to making that point. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a solid point. I could believe that just as much as centaurs and seers. Seers are the product of a centaur ancestor <laughs> along the line. <laughs> I hate that. I feel like you should have horse bits if your parent has horse bits. Maybe they do. <laughs> Secret horse part from your clothes. Maybe they have giant horse dogs. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Alright, I think mermaids are along the same sort of line. I didn't really do a section on mermaids, yeah. but I remembered them as I was thinking about centaurs. I think mermaids are along the same line. They don't have any magic. Okay. They just are a creature. Yep. Because they seem to fear magic as well. Okay, so now we move into the more problematic of the magical beasts. First up, goblins. Ah, goblins. Goblins can use magic, and they Mm -hmm. use their magic to create magical objects. However, nobody knows how it works. Sorry, I should say. No humans know how goblin magic works because they keep it a secret. We know they don't use wands because they are very jealous of the fact that wizards and witches have wands. They hate it. They want wands for themselves, and because... Witches and wizards refuse to share the knowledge of wand law. Yeah. They keep all of their secret. Yes. Um, they keep all of their magic a secret. What do you reckon about that? First of all, spicy. Second of all, I think that's fine that goblins have their own magic. Goblins clearly have de- very different emotional capacities to humans. Controversial statement, but I'm saying it. What do you mean different? Less? More? No, not less. Just different. Because they clearly, they have a lot of different cultural values for one. Because they have a very clear idea of what, about ownership, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. I, what am I trying to say? Their sort of culture has influenced how their emotions manifest into magic. Because their culture was focused on creating weapons and jewellery and uh, all these items, which is a huge part of their culture. And so their emotion is hugely linked to creation and possession. If that makes sense. So that's what a lot of their magic is about. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're used in the banks. That does... Well, I, I always imagine goblins in Harry Potter as a bit like dwarves in most other fantasy stories. Like Lord of the Rings. So generally in fantasy, yeah, like Lord of the Rings. Generally Mm. in fantasy stories, dwarves are the miners and the creators. So dwarves don't cast spells Mm -hmm. in the same way that races such as elves do. But they're like, oh, I I, um, smithed you a magical sword and the sword does extra damage. But they don't cast a spell or anything. It was just in the creation of the item. They were able to imbue it with some kind of magic. And I guess I always thought goblins kind of work like that in Harry Potter. And you say that fits into your definition of, like, using magic and will to manifest power? Yeah, because that's what their will is influenced by their socialization, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just part of a different culture. Okay. I've been very surprised by the fact mm. that your yeah, definition like, so far, I haven't had any problems with it. Yeah. Like, I kept thinking we were going to run into something and it just wouldn't fit. But so far, it's been doing really well. So feasibly, with my definition... A goblin could use emotional magic. However, maybe they just wouldn't be 
it wouldn't work for them as well because they haven't been trained to control their emotions or to let out their emotions with certain spells and certain magical impulses. So because what they've been trained to do, what they've been socialized to do is to make magical objects. But theoretically, if witches and wizards were to share the secrets of wand lore with goblins, goblins might be able to cast all the witcher wizard spells. Yeah, I think that's true, because I think that's a huge part of the goblin wars. And do you think witches and wizards might be able to do things like create all that sort of goblin-made jewellery and weaponry? Yeah, I think those are interchangeable skills. Okay, what about house elves? Is the same true of house elves? No, house elves are a different thing. Why? I said earlier that I was going to list these creatures in terms of least problematic to most problematic. Guess what we've arrived at? The most problematic. Yes, house elves are different to goblins in their magic because their magic can break the rules of what we understand about human magic. And I think this can still work with my definition, but it's very much focused on the word will because the will of the house elf often can, can conflict with the, with the will of the master who is controlling them. So I think that does something to my definition. I think it fucks it. <laughs> yeah. The will of the house elf can often conflict with the emotions of the house mm -hmm. elf as well. Often they do things they don't want to do. Yeah. Including using or not using their magic. Okay. Just briefly with elf magic. We know that it's different to wizard magic because, like you said, it breaks the rules of wizard magic. They can apparate and disapparate in places that have anti-apparation yeah. and disapparation spells cast there. Uh, however, there's got to be some level of similarity between them, because when Dobby comes to Privet Drive in second book, and he uses his magic to make yes. the pudding hover in the air and um, drop on someone's head, yeah. Harry gets yeah. a letter from the Ministry of Magic saying, you cast a hover charm. So... The Ministry of Magic was able to use the trace that is placed on Harry because he's underage to tell that what they yeah. read as a normal wizard hover charm was cast yeah. in that house, but it was cast by Dobby, the house elf. So is he a house elf and wizard magic just very similar, or did he hmm. cast a wizard spell? I think maybe the overlap between Somehow. house elf and wizard magic can be explained by the fact that the house elf is in servitude to a wizard. Maybe house elves that are free and have no master can only use elf magic. But wait, house elves that have masters can channel wizard magic. Um, how? I don't know. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Hang on. <laughs> no, not how. Wait. <laughs> channel wizard magic. But wizard magic comes from inside. It's not an external force, as you've established with your definition. So what is, is Dobby sucking the magic out of Lucius Malfoy to cast that hover charm? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> they magic vampires? Is that what you're inferring? <laughs> <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is, yes, wizard magic is internal. It comes from the wizard. You know what else comes from the wizard's internalness? <laughs> Their commands. Yeah. Wizards have an authority over their house elves which comes from their internal will over that house elf there is a special bond between wizards and house elves which has been exploited several times in books so i think that that's why house elves are the yeah. awkward exception to my rule because i just honestly haven't figured out 
how their magic plays into this yet because it's just overlapping. It doesn't seem like it works. Yeah. But honestly, it doesn't seem like it works in the world of Harry Potter either, so maybe that's fine. House elves have broken me so much. (laughs) I don't like to think about them. Your theory that a house elf that is enslaved by a wizard is able to use wizard magic. I think a better way to phrase that is they're able to manifest their elf magic, which, as you've said, comes from emotions and will and that sort of stuff, in a way that... Yes, because they're copying the the emotions and will of their master. Yeah, so it mimics wizard magic, but it's not. It's elf magic that mimics like the effects and I guess the structure of wizard magic. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say because like the the master puts their emotion and will onto the elf and the elf performs that task. So it's like a transferal in a way. Mhm. Okay. But a free elf like Dobby doesn't have that limitation. Or or Dobby yes. can use his elf magic without restraint. I well, guess. he does. Yeah, he does. I thought elves were going to fuck you, but I guess you've done it. I've done it, folks. I fucked the elves. <laughs> All right. Okay. Next challenge. We're done with magical creatures. Now let's move on to magical plants. This is going to fuck you. How do plants have magic genius? Are you saying that trees don't have feelings too? You absolute right-wing conservative. Trees don't have feelings. That's what I'm saying. I'm comfortable making that claim. Um, I did a science project in year eight with sunflower seeds in which I played heavy metal music to one part and Beethoven to the other and nothing to the other. And those plants responded. So thank you, la-di-da. Plants have feelings. I think it was, no, I just, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Fuck that experiment. It's not real science. <sighs> Okay, let me paint you a little word picture. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm a tree. Yeah. I'm a willow tree. And I feel emotions. In fact, I feel anger. I feel so much anger that I'm able to focus that anger. I'm able to generate some kind of will, focus that anger into a desire to beat the living shit out of everything that comes near me. And I become a whomping willow. (laughs) Is that what you were arguing? Do you have a problem with that? (laughs) Why not? I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The Harry Potter universe is magical. You just have to accept that living things in the Harry Potter universe are magical. If cats can be magical, dogs can be magical, then so can trees. What about things that aren't living? Do rocks have magic in them? Does the air have magic? No, I'm saying living things. Because it comes from emotion or for... Beast, it comes from instinct for plants. I guess it comes from, I don't know, feeling sensations. Yeah, plants can feel sensation. That's right. When I played that plant nickelback, it shriveled. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you didn't say that. <laughs> I understand why that plant died. Anyway, let's just tear into nickelback in this Harry Potter uh, podcast for no reason. <laughs> okay, my. I guess my problem isn't that. Plants can feel emotion. Like, I don't agree, but I guess I'll allow it. My problem is that you say wizards, you say wizards cast spells because they're 
their raw emotions generate power and they are able to use a combination of training and willpower to make that raw power yes. manifest in a spell, like a structured thing. Mm. Like, um, yeah, make something hover or uh, vanish this potion. And you're also saying that trees can do that. Where do trees get their willpower from? They're not sentient. No, I'm not saying that trees can cast spells. What evidence is there to say that trees can cast spells? The kind of magical plants that we see in the Harry Potter universe, the things that they have to care for in herbology, most of their magic is sort of defense mechanism stuff. So this is coming back to what beasts were doing. It's like, oh, I need to get food or I need to get away. I'll use magic to do that. So plants like the flesh-eating shrub. Oh, actually, I don't know anything about flesh-eating shrub. The one-thing willow. Anything comes near me, whack. Uh, venomous tentacular. Anything comes near me, snap. Yum. Uh, <laughs> the fucking... I Stop saying yum! <laughs> the, the magic that comes from magical plants is about survival. Which is like normal plants in the normal world. So I don't see what your problem is. I guess. I, I guess I don't have a problem. <laughs> Again, I keep being like, this'll fucker, but it never does. <laughs> I have this way of speaking that I just start talking and you just believe everything I say. <laughs> I know. I think... Yeah, there's, there's some part of me, it comes from being sisters, there's some part of me that's like, yeah, she's not lying. I trust her. She knows what she's talking about. <laughs> I am being honest, so. Yeah, you are. But sometimes you're not. I guess that makes sense. It feels like it doesn't, but all right. Of course, I just want to reiterate. Of course their magic is different to human magic and beast magic because they don't have the same level of sentience as humans or beasts or animals or whatever you want to say. It's a, there's a chain of being, Rhea. All right. My only other thing that I had was um, magical yeah. locations like Hogwarts School, where Hogwarts itself, the castle, the grounds, is a bit sentient and sort of imbued with magic. But I guess we covered that when we spoke about magical artifacts, because you just assumed, well, it's been running for centuries. It's just absorbed the magic and the emotions of all the people who have lived there. Yeah. And I assume that Hogwarts Castle was built that way by the founders to be a bit magic so it could contain all the magic that was going to go on inside of it. So, like, it was it's, it's a magical object, essentially. It was imbued yeah. with magic from the beginning. Okay. All right. What's next? So the, other, the only other thing that I want to talk about with magic is what I am calling ancient magic or elemental magic. So this is referenced in the Harry Potter series. There's yeah. sort of one thing that's referenced and then you and I have built a theory around it. And I want to see if that fits into your definition. Okay. Remind me. Yeah. As you've spoken about before, you've said the most powerful form of magic is love. So love is this powerful ancient magic which mm -hmm. nobody understands and nobody uses consciously, but it's still manifests yes. in the actions of which yes. when they are using this magic to do things i guess <laughs> my theory is that love magic is not the only magic like that i think there are several branches of this ancient basic magic that i guess infuses the world yeah i agree 
I agree that there are several branches. I just still think love is the strongest. So, yeah, I theorize there are several branches. And I think if you assume that love is the only branch and that love is something that is generated within people and therefore that's how magic is, like, your whole definition, that makes sense. But if there are other branches of magic that are not emotion-based, mm. then magic must be an external thing, not an internal thing. Okay. So I think this is where I'm going to differ from your definition. Yes. Okay, I'm going to read a quote from Dumbledore from the fifth book. There is a room in the Department of Mysteries that is kept locked at all times. It contains a force that is at once more wonderful and more terrible than death, than human intelligence, than the forces of nature. It is also perhaps the most mysterious of the many subjects for study that reside there. It is the power what? held within that room that you possess in such quantities yeah. and which Voldemort has not at all. So obviously he's talking about love. My theory is that, as Dumbledore said, there's a room at the Department of Mysteries full of love, but there are also other rooms which we see in the Department of Mysteries which are focused on other things, like death and time. Thought. There are others. Prophecy. Prophecy. I think prophecy is part of time, maybe. Or an element of time. Okay, so I think every room at the Department of Mysteries is focused on a different branch of magic. Mm-hmm. And the role and the role of the unspeakables is to study that shit and try and figure it out. So what do you think about that? I think my theory still holds. Love is the strongest. Why can't a lot of those other rooms be emotionally based as well? Love is the strongest. Well, death could be emotionally based because that's something that humans experience. Thought, I guess, could. What about time, though? Time isn't an emotion. Why do I feel it, then? You don't feel time. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. Time Time is an external force. It is a measurable, quantifiable thing. Unless we consider it growth. Growth. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm already getting defensive. What are you saying? Growth is time, but subjective. It's how we experience time. Oh, fuck. That makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Why are you so smart? Fuck. Because I was going to say this. The time turners. Time turners yeah. allow the user to travel in time, but not to change time. Fuck off, first child. <laughs> so, oh my god, if you <laughs> yes. if you assume that time magic is based in growth, is based yes. on like the subjective experience of time, then time travel makes sense. Whereas if time's an external thing, then maybe you should be able to change it. Exactly. But time travel, as we've discussed before, is a tight-knit little box in the Harry Potter universe because it's subjectively experienced. It's not something external that can be chopped and removed and messed around with. Fuck you, cursed child. Yeah, you can move through time, experience different things, do different things, but it's it's always the same no matter where you go or what Mm -hmm. you do. Time itself remains (laughs) intact and nothing actually changes. Fuck you, cursed child. (laughs) That's become our full stop for this section. Damn it. You did it. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, you thought you had me. You thought you could break me, the queen bitch? (laughs) 
<laughs> I thought I did. You think this is my first rodeo? I've been to at least one other rodeo before this. <laughs> okay, I really, I don't know when this episode became a competition, but somewhere along the lines it became about defeating you. <laughs> but yeah, I really thought I'd done it. I really thought that theory of elemental magic was going to undo you because it seems like an ex- it's an external, it seems like love, death, thought, time, those things are like external forces, but actually, no, they're all internal shit. Thought is the most internal of those. Yeah, thought is the most internal. That's the brain room. First of all, I just love there's a room full of brains. Nice. Whose brains are they? Why do they have tentacles? Are they mermaid brains? Why do they attack? They're hungry. (laughs) They want to feed. Also, it makes sense with the death room, because as we've seen, there is a lot Mm -hmm. of magic in the series, which is about trying to cheat death or forestall death or undo death but none of it can magic can't do that and that makes sense because death is just a part of life you can't do anything to stop it Uh uh-huh well i guess you've done it i guess you've explained what magic is and how it works yay so now we can use this definition for the rest of the show if we want to yeah i honestly i was not expecting to arrive here I was expecting us to get to the end of this mini-series, <laughs> as it became, and be like, well, I'm so angry I never want to talk about Harry Potter again, because nothing makes sense. But it does. It all works. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't think that the first theory that I proposed would be the one that actually stuck and made it through all your defences, but I'm I'm surprised that we made it here. I was I was expecting, like, every time I bring up something, we're going to be like, oh, okay, we have to reconsider this, we have to redefine this. We're going to have to have a working definition. Not, but the very first sentence made it through everything in the series. I even had like a piece of paper ready to like, with the definition written in the middle, so I could add little arrows and mind maps around us so that we could have like a working definition going. Because I'm a university student. I know how hard it is to define a concept. But like, <laughs> no, we made it. But then again, that's yeah. just two of us in one room. In, well, yeah. separate rooms in different parts of the country. I'm sure if we gave this to yeah. other people, they'd well, look at this and be like, what the fuck? No, you're wrong. And here's why. And list like six reasons off the top of their head. So we'll have to, have to see. Oh, hey, please. If you want to argue with us, like, for the love of God, do it. Oh, I want to hear it. All right. Well, I've been Jem. You're pretty convinced that if she actually lived in the Wizarding World, she would want to work as an unspeakable host. <laughs> I've been Rhea, your just stunned host. I can't believe this has happened. Thanks for listening to Podcast 9 and 3 Quarters. This show is written and edited by Rhea and Jem. You can send us an email at 9 and 3 Quarters Podcast at gmail.com or find us on Tumblr at podcast 9 and or talk to us separately on Twitter. Rhea is at SmashMouthRhea and me, Jem, is at Jem underscore just Jem. Please feel free to send theories or ask us questions and bombard us with so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea just to avoid them. Our logo art is by Winged Corgi. Find more of her art at wingedcorgi.tumblr.com. This week's intro music was Harry's Wondrous World by John Williams and our outro music was Hedwig's Theme by John Williams. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time. 
Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.